Well, no matter where you might be, good Monday to you. It is great to have you here on the Damon Bruce Show on Damon Bruce Plus. And maybe you can already tell we have improved some things. Woo! Uh, new camera. So now you can see like the splotchiness of my forehead, some new lights. So hopefully the face made for radio is showing up a little bit better here on video. And, uh, it is really good to have you here. It is great to have you after a fun weekend for the giants, not much fun for the A's, uh, a lot of fun. If you like your, your major golf championships, having a guy kind of just walk off some Southern California golf course and finding himself in the top 10. Uh, we had almost no fun if you were a Laker fan or a Celtics fan, and we will get into all of that. And if you're the Pac-12, you're about to die. We got an awful lot of stuff to get into today. Let's just hop right in. We're going to start locally, and then we're going to work our way out nationally. The San Francisco Giants, man. Okay, you know, uh, it, it's been a, a trying year in a lot of different ways, but it feels like there's a little bit of a youth movement going on that always adds a little energy to the team, to the ballpark, and I'll tell you what, that was a fun game yesterday. How many times have you watched Giants baseball and said to yourself, that was fun? That was fun. I'm sitting on the couch yesterday. I'm flipping back and forth. I got the PGA Championship. I got Giants baseball on. And the Giants, they just wrapped up a 5-1 six-game homestand with a 7-5 win over the Miami Marlins. Patrick Bailey hit his first Major League home run, drove in a run, another one with a squeeze bunt. Uh, this game is a game yesterday afternoon at the ballpark that kind of it had it all. I mean, it really did. Uh, you had... For Miami, Jorge Solar going four for four. He had a huge homer in the first. You just had dudes crushing like 400-foot home runs all over the yard yesterday. J.D. Davis with a 433-footer to center field. That thing was a monster. Um, you had another home run going off the left field foul pole, so you always get that, you know, whenever you get that dong noise, that's always fun. And I I'm telling you, like, that was a better version of the San Francisco Giants, certainly a more entertaining version of the San Francisco Giants than I've really put my eyes on at any point in time this year. Now, I hope it's not a one-off for them, but again, I, I don't know if it's a youth movement, but a 27-year-old pitcher, uh, Ryan Walker, made his Major League debut out of the pen yesterday for the Giants. He worked around a couple hits, a scoreless sixth inning, and picked up a win in his first game in the bigs. Uh, you even got yesterday a rundown between third and home plate, one of those one one of those uh you know if you're scoring at home that's uh 2552251525352 i mean it was insane i don't think 3 came into play i don't think uh lamont way junior came running in there from first base but it was one of those crazy scoring rundown plays um look the giants are now two games under 500 nothing quite special yet but it feels like they're getting a little bit better and you know juice around a baseball team matters they got a little bit more juice around them, so that's good. Uh, Giants, two games under 500. They got a seven-game road trip in Minnesota, and then they uh, – no, they got a seven-game road trip that starts with three games in Minnesota, then goes to Milwaukee for four games. Uh, meanwhile, like I said, when it comes to the A's, there will be no fun uh, at all as long as John Fisher is involved. Um, the A's are swept in Houston. They scored three runs over three games. They're still stuck on ten wins, and uh, it is off to Seattle where I'm sure the entire year will – Turn around against the Mariners. Uh, uh, PGA Championship gave us a new, I don't know how much of a household name Michael Block is, but while Brooks Kepka was winning the tournament, Michael Block won the entire 
country. I mean, I, I hope you watched a little of it because Block is a club pro from down in Southern California. He finished in the top 15, which like automatically qualifies him to play in next year's PGA Championship. And, you know, is he going to go on and have a career? I don't know. He, th- th- that guy had himself a, a weekend. And he even said, my wife's, my life's never going to get better than right here, right now. And um, he was shown a video after his round from the country club that he's the pro at uh, down in Southern California. His kid took the video. He's crying. It had emotion. He was charming. He was humbled. It was awesome. I mean, w- when you get to actually watch in sports someone's dream come true, I mean, you, you you know, somebody wins, somebody loses every day. How often do you get to see somebody's dream come true? So it was fantastic. It really was. Um, uh, uh, Brooks Kepka ended up winning, and he kind of won in a waltz. Um, they're calling it a win for Live Golf, since that's the tour that he plays for. No, no, it really wasn't. It's not like we didn't know about Brooks Kepka and he came walking off some Live Golf course and has now won a major guy won majors before he decided that he was going to take the money to go play on a lesser circuit that's what he did he took the deal so this is not a great win for live i'm going to tell you right now i saw that live had the cw cut away from one of its tournaments to uh now join uh at the top of the hour a rebroadcast of a now expired uh, i believe doesn't even air anymore series uh the goldbergs or One Tree Hill, like whatever the hell's on CW. So the live, live is not winning, but Brooks Kepka did. He did it in impressive fashion. But again, while Brooks Kepka was winning the tournament, a guy named Michael Block, like kind of won all of our hearts. Uh, I got to tell you, it's really good to have you here today. Um, we want to thank our sponsors who have certainly helped uh, create what I hope is already for you a better plus product with a new video camera some new lighting uh thanks so much to ikes uh an incredible sponsor an incredible friend uh an incredible sandwich an incredible lunch i don't know if you got lunch plans today this week but make sure you get yourself a sandwich at ikes i saw earlier uh drew down who is one of the plusers who gets in early and they start chatting before the show even starts he says i'm a little ashamed to admit but i had my first ike sandwich ever over this weekend there's no shame in that there's no shame in that at all don't be ashamed but welcome to the club I'm, I'm sure it was delicious i don't even have to ask i don't even need to have a follow-up tweet or or text uh, to find out what he thinks about it i know it was delicious it was ike's speaking of delicious uh had a delicious dinner on saturday night with charles richards who is the blackened whiskey rep who has made Black & Whiskey the official whiskey of the Damon Bruce Show. He is our sponsor of Club Plus, which we are still going to get into with some new improved lighting there as well. My goodness. So um, we got an awful lot for you today. And look, while we're here uh, telling you to sip on some Blackened, it's absolutely delicious, and eat some Ikes, it's absolutely delicious. Um, I- I've got some really good news that I just want to share to Everyone who has been watching and supporting this, uh, myself and Jillian, were kind of thrown into this little over two months ago when 
a local radio station made one of the dumbest indefensible decisions in the history of dumb indefensible radio station decisions, but their loss is our gain. Um, We are quickly approaching 5,500 subscribers. Again, this is a humble start. Uh, We've had now over 1.1 million YouTube impressions. So that doesn't mean clicks or watches. That means people who have actually just seen us on their YouTube page. So like for the first time, I can tell you, kids, we out here. It's officially happening. You know, the algorithm is picking us up and putting us in a lot of places to have that many impressions already. We just went over 100,000 views, which is a good number. Uh, with over 16,000 watch hours. Again, these are all incredibly humble YouTube numbers. Um, and, and you know, a, a lot of people have told me, like, these would be good numbers for year one. This is not even, today is the beginning of the eighth week of broadcasting over here on the Plus. Just our eighth week. Oh, speaking of the Plus sign, we got a new one. But this new camera is so superior, it picks up too many flicks and whistles, so we're going we're gonna to get another one. We're working on that, too. Uh, the podcast has already doubled our first month's downloads. We're going to be over 21,000 dead- downloads by bedtime tonight. That's podcasts. So, <coughs> still got the cough. I guess that's going to be ever-present. But things are going good. We're off to a great start. And I deeply want to thank all of you. Uh, for doing it. it it's really really just it, it's meant so much to myself to Jillian our family and uh, and I thank you so very very much for everything that you have done to help turn this into what I am very comfortable calling one of the new voices in digital sports media that is growing and raising its audience by the day thank you so very much um Got to talk about how both the Lakers and Celtics are just apparently getting chumped. I mean, right out of their respective conference finals. The Nuggets will advance to the NBA finals. The only question is, will they actually sweep L.A. and do it tonight? That is a game that is scheduled tonight. Uh, Game four in L.A., uh, the Lakers, by the way, every you know, here's the thing. The Lakers have any success. Oh, LeBron is great. The Lakers have any failure. Oh, LeBron is awful. Get him off the court. Look, LeBron has a, a stat here that I'll share with you that is not glorious, but he's not the reason why the Lakers are in this position. It's everyone else that is not along for the ride. And the Nuggets are just a much much better basketball team. They were all year. They are right now. There shouldn't be much of a surprise here. Um, When D'Angelo Russell scores 17 or more points, the Lakers are 7-0 in the playoffs this year. When he does his far-too-often disappearing act, like D'Angelo Russell's just a soft-ass player. He really is. The Lakers are now 1-7 when he doesn't score 17 points. So to just blame LeBron and Anthony Davis on everything is to stand up and volunteer the fact that you don't understand what you're looking at here, and the Nuggets are a vastly, vastly superior team. Uh, LeBron does have this to be embarrassed about. I saw this. I follow a get-up producer. I don't watch the show, but if you follow the producers on Twitter, sometimes they'll go ahead and and give you a little 
look as to what they're what they're going to get into, what a graphic that they might be building. How about this? Since the 96-97 season, there are 266 instances in which a player has attempted 20 or more threes in the fourth quarter of a single postseason. Right now, LeBron James's three-point field goal percentage in the fourth quarter of this postseason is 8.3%. He is 2 of 24, and that ranks dead last out of the 266 instances sample size of this occurring in the postseason. The Lakers are not going to climb back into this series. But LeBron does need to climb back into the paint, quit taking threes. But he has been left in a situation where he can't trust anyone on his team to make a play. And if you're LeBron, you're going to trust yourself. You've earned that right. Um, the Celtics. What the hell is going on with the Boston Celtics? I mean, wasn't this the team that had the defensive equivalent of the 1985 Chicago Bears? just a year ago, and that's why they were definitely going to beat the Warriors because no one's going to overcome that level of defense. Now you got a team that is laying down, quitting, and dying in real time. In their biggest you-gotta-have-it game of the year, the Celtics no-showed in Miami. I mean, their coach, Joe Missoula, should be fired today. Uh, that guy, first of all, you know, he, he was destroyed by Eric Spolstra, but this is what happens when you basically have a an assistant coach who's been on your bench who gets thrown into a job he would have never, ever, ever had with a single team unless Coach Fucks Your Wife got fired, which happened in Boston. So now all of a sudden he's taken over for Ime Udoka, unqualified to really do so. He's a glorified Division II basketball coach, and it has showed because Eric Spolstra is one of the best basketball coaches going, and he knows how to not only out X's and O's you as a basketball coach, but he knows how to motivate his team better than Joe Mazuzuza Muzula. Doesn't we don't need to learn how to pronounce that? No, it's, it's Joe Mazula. It's, it's just it ain't happening, Joe. What was Boston thinking of replacing a a Real alpha coach. So alpha, again, he's banging team, you know, team employees' wives. A little too alpha. Um, Brad Stevens, he made a bad call. Brad Stevens, he made a really good call hiring Ime Udoka. Then you let him go with the scandal, which was also the right call. But the call to hire this guy was the wrong call. And if you think about it, Brad, wouldn't you rather be coaching the Indiana Hoosiers for about $10 million a year other than watching the Boston Celtics just die right on the vine before they can even be turned to do You want to talk about what are you going to do this offseason? What are you going to do this offseason, Boston Celtics? They have just massively regressed from a team that, again, best defense the NBA has ever seen to laying down and dying. Jimmy Butler, I love Jimmy Butler. Oh, my God. God, Jimmy Butler is the postseason MVP right now. This guy has just been amazing. Every quarter, every game, nearly every possession, offensively and defensively, he is the most frustrating your offense, picking your pocket, just jumping all over you, defender you could imagine. And he's also the primary leader of the team's offense as well. It's been 
it's been in, incredible watching Jimmy do this. It really has. Um, the guy's one of the best watches in all of basketball. And so I don't want to hear, like, if it's Nuggets and Heat in the NBA Finals, which, by the way, it's going to be. I don't want to hear these networks saying, well, this is a terrible NBA Finals. How are you going to sell this? The ratings are going to be down. I'm here for it. If you're a basketball fan, you respect what Miami is doing, what it's done. And if you're a basketball fan, you got to love Jimmy Butler. You also have to love a guy who's a two-time MVP at the peak of his powers, and Nikola Jokic right now has got a real running mate in Jamal Murray who's just playing out of his mind. Dude, Nuggets and Heat could be a fantastic series. Don't knock it because you don't like the city names. That could be a fantastic series. Saw this in The Athletic this morning saying, let's just focus on the heat for a second and the ridiculousness of what they're doing right now. Here are last night's top three scorers for Miami. It was Gabe Vincent, who had 29 points, undrafted. Duncan Robinson, 22 points, undrafted. Caleb Martin, 18 points, undrafted. Of the seven players to play 20-plus minutes last night, only three, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, and Kyle Lowry, were actually drafted. And I know Eric Spolster said, look, you're making too big deal out of this. These guys are all NBA players. It doesn't matter where they started. Look where they are now. These guys have been with us since the bubble. They're real NBA players. They are. But you can't deny how unique of an origin story that is for an NBA finalist. Three drafted players, seven undrafted players in your 10-man rotation. I mean, try to poo-poo that all you want, Eric Spolstra. It's a hell of a story. It really is. An unbelievable story. And uh, got two teams officially 48 minutes away from the NBA Finals. And if we do indeed get two sweeps in the Western Conference Finals, first of all, dude, Philadelphia 76ers, how soft are you if this Celtics team is the team that beat you? Uh, uh, but if we do get two sweeps here, we got a really long layoff because game one of the NBA Finals is set for June 1st, and today is May 22nd. So if the Lakers-Nuggets series ends tonight and Miami-Boston series ends tomorrow, there's a lot of thumb twiddling waiting around for the NBA Finals that the media will tell you you shouldn't even bother watching, which is ridiculous. By the way, we're lit so well. Alan's saying, whoa. I need some sunglasses. Thank you. And maybe I am too bad. Here's the thing. I'm definitely the guy who gets a lot better looking at the end of the night in the bar when they turn the lights down. I do look better dimly lit, but here we go. Now you got me. Sorry. One more NBA note to let you know about, and that's the fact that Carmelo Anthony officially retired over the weekend. Now, before you say something as stupid out loud as, well, he never won a championship. Well, he did win a championship in his one year at Syracuse. He never won an NBA title. But there are a lot of players who were really good who didn't win NBA titles. There's also a lot of players who won NBA titles who weren't a fraction as good at basketball as Carmelo Anthony has been. I've always said uh, Carmelo Anthony is a guy that you actually had to see in person to appreciate, to really, really appreciate how good he was for somebody his size to play that smoothly and in control, scoring from all three levels, 
uh, uh, Carmelo was a bucket. I mean, an on-ball stopper defender, a guy who played well all the time. No, no. I mean, he was an ISO ball guy for sure. Didn't play well within a system, would take plays off and fade away a little bit. But, I mean, that was at the end. And he didn't have much of a career after he left Denver and the New York Knicks in terms of being relevant. But a 19-year-long NBA career for Carmelo Anthony with just you know, a handful of of credible games at the very, very end. His 19-year-long career actually ended in like year 16 of that, but oh well. <coughs> Six-time All-NBA, 10-time All-Star, made the top 75 all-time players list. Again, he was a bucket. And he leaves the game as its ninth leading scorer all time. You want to talk about the titles he didn't win? Name the Nick who has. You want to talk about the titles he didn't win? Name the Denver Nugget who had. He was never on great teams. But he could play. And if you can't acknowledge that, you don't know what the hell you're looking at when you're looking at basketball players. Carmelo was nice no other way to say it man no other way to say it final nba note really isn't a note it's just something to watch for the bob myers decision which all warriors fans need to be waiting on here with bated breath we've seen the news the propaganda the pr however you want to say it come out and that if bob does walk away it's not going to be because of cash and that's what I told you before, by the way, that I've always gotten the impression that money was not the Jesus of Bob Myers. It wasn't the most important thing. I think the guy likes challenges, and he knows that it's smart to restart a career every few years or so, uh, get yourself into something new instead of being the guy who's holding the bag when things come to an end. And I just think that when you got infinity options, one of them might appeal to you. So... Maybe Bob Myers stays. I would lean towards the fact he's probably going to leave the Warriors, but it won't be because Joe Lacob got cheap or anything like that. I really think it's going to be because Bob Myers has other interests he now wants to pursue. So we'll see. We will officially see how it all looks and is said and done uh, when the dust settles on that decision. Uh, a story that I just saw, which I, I couldn't believe, but the Baltimore Ravens, real quick to the NFL we go, are bringing Josh Johnson back for a third stint. The last time you saw Josh Johnson, he was peeing down his own leg in Philadelphia before getting hurt in Philadelphia, leading, leaving Christian McCaffrey to basically be a snap-it-to-the-back quarterback uh, for the near second half of a playoff game. Josh Johnson should never be allowed in another NFL locker room based on what a massive choke artist he looked like when he got thrown into that moment that he's had his entire life to prepare for. The guy's 37 years old. He's played for an NFL record 14 teams. And he can't hit the field because he shouldn't hit the field because he's a piece of shit quarterback. Go get somebody new before you go out and get Josh Johnson. You want to talk about a league that's out of ideas, how desperate the, this this sport is for any kind of quarterback play. The fact that that clown is still around in this league is, is, is a joke. Damon, you're being way too hard on him. 
He earned it. I'm certainly not being too hard on Larry Scott when I tell you that he's the worst commissioner major college football has ever had in its modern times. He might be the worst commissioner in the history of our lifetime, any and all sports, professional, collegiate, whatever. Um, I saw today Dennis Dodd uh, basically write a story for CBS saying that the Pac-12 is almost flunked out of network television. Um, and I just want to read to you. What has long been assumed throughout the industry became a reality this week as ESPN appears to be out as an option to take the Pac-12's primary primary media rights as the conference continues to seek a new media deal. I mean, there's a chance where I might actually call the Pac-12 network and see if they don't want to stream games here on the Plus. Again, we're over 100,000 views in less than two months. Come and get it, Pac-12. You could use it. Um... From an undisclosed condition of anonymity, remember I told you I can't say that word, Uh, a Big 12 administrator said that uh, this is the first time that ESPN said, we're not doing anything with the Pac-12. Now, they might pick up some games just to fill out a schedule, but in terms of any Tier 1 games that have blocks built just waiting for them into their television schedules, the Pac-12 doesn't have a network doing that right now. I mean, their choices are going to be like the CW, USA Network, uh, you know, Food Network, although I'm sure Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives does better than Arizona State, Utah, although that has potential to be an interesting game. But look, I love college football. But uh, Larry Scott, when he was commissioner of the Pac-12, didn't. Larry Scott made more than $50 million during his tenure as commissioner of the Pac-12. He is the worst commissioner in the modern history of college athletics. There really isn't even a close second. He watched his conference take a massive regression in football and basketball while he was focused on women's tennis. USC and UCLA, the most important football brand and basketball brand in the conference, are now leaving the conference due to the lousy deals that Larry Scott made when he was commissioner that can't be corrected. Now it's George Klyakov. It's a disaster. It's a disaster. Don't let Oregon and Washington either take less money to figure out how to join the Big Ten or take any amount of money to join the Big 12 because if they go away, folks, the Pac-12 is going to dissolve right into the ocean. What a shame. Hold on, real quick sip. But what a shame that Larry Scott's fingerprints are just all over every conceivable notion of buffoonery that the Pac-12 has gotten itself into. The worst commissioner ever. He killed the Pac-12. By the way, when I said that he was focused on women's women's tennis, that's not a shot at women's sports or tennis. But Larry Scott came from, like, the women's pro tour. Like, he was really focused on women's tennis and all these non-revenue sports and took his eye off the sports that pay the bills for everything. I mean, it was just ridiculous. 
Whoa. Oh, skills report is saying hello. Sorry, I, 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 this is uh, Michelle saying, whoa, Damon in full Technicolors. Yeah, sorry, Michelle, but thank you very much. Uh, yeah, this is, this is, what is this, 4K? Is it too much K? I feel like any pimple I get anywhere is now going to be in 3D on somebody's, you know, 55-inch Samsung. So, super duper. I told Jillian as soon as I saw this, I'm like, can we go back to the lousy camera? I'm a little intimidated by this thing. I think I'm too well lit. So it might be time to drop the shades and get into Club Plus. One other quick college story, though, only because it's total buffoonery and shows what happens when you let an idiot on Twitter. Um, Glenn Shemmy Schembechler, who was Bo Schembechler's kid, son of longtime coach Michigan icon Bo Schembechler, uh, he got a job as the Michigan assistant director of football recruiting, and three days later he was resigning from the job of assistant direct uh, assistant director of football recruiting. And he said that offensive actions on social media led to his resignation from the football program, and he was asked to step down by Harbaugh and the board of director or whatever. It's Bo Schembechler's kid. So, kid, how old are we talking? He's 53 years old. Like, if they're still calling you Bo Beckler's kid when you're 53 years old, what you're telling me is you ain't done shit out on your own. And the only reason why Michigan hired you is because your last name was Schembechler, and you know you're really bad at being an individual when your nickname is Shemmy. Like, if you didn't get to his, you know, his name was Glenn, but he didn't go by Glenn, he went by Shemmy. They were so desperate to let you know that this was Shem Beckler's kid. They didn't even wait around until the last, until the last word, the last, the last part of his name. You go, Shemmy Shem Beckler. Why don't you just tell me? I'm nothing without my father. Anyways, his statement conceded that he engaged in what he called flippant behavior on Twitter. Which are you ready? This is hitting for the stupid 50-year-old white guy on Twitter cycle, basically, when he uh, included numerous offensive and insensitive posts, including several suggesting that slavery and Jim Crow had a positive effect on strengthening black individuals and family. I mean, even if you're trying to allude to iron sharpens iron, using that as your jumping off point, means you just might be dumb enough to be Bo Schembechler's kid. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Skills report says, uh, anyone else worried that Ike will animate and attack Damon? No, dude. Love and sandwiches. Love and sandwiches. Speaking of delicious sandwiches, by the way, the Damon Bruce at Ike's is too damn delicious. I'm on my fourth year loving it. Yes. Thank you very much. Curry 900. Like I said, we're hitting a lot of milestones over here. We're doing that because of you, your loyalty, your early adaption. We haven't done any marketing or promotion of anything yet. We're going to start soon because we finally look good and we're proud enough to really want to start putting it out there. And this is about to grow. But thanks to all of you for being here early. Thanks for all of you being such wonderful, loyal listeners. I mean, we just simply couldn't do this without you. And as you can see, there are a couple more steps before we get into Club Plus. So we got to start a little early now. 
And we got to take this one light and turn that off. And we got to take this other light over here and we're going to turn that one off. Or no, we're going to make it sexy. And then we're going to take this light over here. I got all kinds of switches now. And I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to turn that one off. And then, oh, I believe we are now sexy enough and lit well enough for a little club. Actually, I got that backwards. Let me do that. Let me do this one right here. And then I do, I click this. Well, see, I got to learn these things. We're learning on the fly, folks. Thanks for being patient. Here we go. We do this here. Oh, yeah. Now it's feeling club plusy, don't you think? We're about to get into it. If you're listening on the podcast, if you've tuned in for just some sports today, we gave it to you. We gave it to you more efficiently, faster, and better than anyone, and that's how we do it over here on the Damon Bruce Show. Thank you so much for listening, and please do remember that sports don't build character. They reveal it. And like that, he's gone.